I had no idea how complicated it is to simulate the motion of thin-shell deformable material, stuff with a thickness that is small compared to its other dimensions. Examples would include cloth, fluid surfaces, folded paper, clothing, and so forth. Today, in this episode, number 2152, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be discussing cloth simulations when they answer the commonly asked question, what are cloth simulations used for? on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast, and thanks again for joining us today. In our episode today, we're going to be answering a question from another fan of the CG Bros, Stacy P. from Virginia Beach. Uh, that'd be in Virginia, I believe, uh, that she submitted on the Ask Us Anything page at cgbros.com. And Stacy asks, what is cloth simulation and how is it used? Well, by the end of our discussion today, uh, you'll learn not only about some of the history and background of cloth simulations and how they're used, uh, but as how they're used in different industries, along with some examples, as well as some software that you can use to create some cloth simulations for yourself. So be sure to stay till the end of the podcast, where we'll be revealing the video of the month. Don't miss that one. Uh, I'm Bill Johnston, one of your hosts for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast, and together with my brother... I am Sean Johnston. <laughs> we are the CG Bros. Uh, this is a great question, and uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Um, you know, 3D cloth, cloth creation and simulation is a, is a pretty interesting subject, and it's, it's, it's a pretty complicated subject as well uh, in computer graphics. Uh, we're going to try to break it down for you uh, into bite-sized pieces uh, today. But at the heart of uh, cloth simulation is, is basically a, a physics-based soft body animation uh, system that's used to create things in the CGI world, primarily of things that are made of cloth or fabric or other cloth-like objects, uh, such as flags and tarps and banners and basically anything else made from from a any kind of fabric. Yes, and it's near and dear to your heart. You said that, yes, because you've been doing uh, simulations for quite some time. In fact, one of your first tutorials was a was a uh, cloth simulation on our uh, YouTube channel, wasn't it? Well, you know that's right. I forgot all about that. That's that's <laughs> correct. I I did do a tutorial on on creating a pirate flag simulation, which was uh, it was uh, pretty well received actually. Uh, but uh, you know that it 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 was it's 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 hard to do. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, the tools have gotten a lot better. Um, and and you know we 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 take it for granted today that when you watch a CGI film and you see these characters running around, you you really don't even think about oh my gosh, look at their clothes are actually functioning they're actually moving they're actually bending and folding and um you know creasing and and, and it look, you know we don't even think twice about it but if it's done wrong you know we you, you'll definitely see it but that's one of the things i think that a lot of people who are watching cg uh, just don't you know it doesn't cross their mind as to how complex cloth simulation uh, and simulating clothing actually is especially when they're, they're they've got two or three layers of clothing uh if you've ever done cloth simulation uh which probably most of you haven't done uh, it's it's very complex once you start layering up layers of clothing and layers of cloth that have to be simulated one on top of the other. That, that's a pretty complex system. Yes, and you didn't have to worry about that at all uh, early on in this in the CGI realm of of computer films and uh, gaming. Really, uh, you didn't have that. You you just had uh, po polygons. You know, characters that were using just uh, faceted polygons. There wasn't really a lot of physics uh, based things that were going on with. Uh, with hair or with um, you know your your clothing and things like that, and so you can go back to the very beginning, some of the history of that, and you can even see it in early Pixar films where they weren't using any any clothing to speak of around the characters, and uh, especially the the 
the children that were running around in that in that uh, with Sid and some of the other kids there, um, you definitely would notice that uh, that that was not there. And especially when you relate it to today's films, where you see it today and it's everything is moving, uh, you know, the hair, the the clothing, everything is is uh, very realistic today compared to. Yeah, I think they did. Uh, they mostly that that uh, that detail was modeled in. Uh, though that, right. that's when uh, you had to be a, quite a modeler to actually model cloth uh, to look correctly because you know when you the cloth is a very has a very unique way of, of moving and 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 behaving and bunching up and we and we we know it intuitively because we we're, we're around those kind of things every day uh, but you're right yeah there wasn't any cloth simulation going on in the early days it was just all modeled in and which meant that the 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 model had to have a lot of uh, you know a lot of vertices and a lot of complexity to it in order to actually get the deformation uh, that was required yes and this that's why cloth simulation is so hard it's it's you're you're basically you know several hundred thousand polygon triangles in the three in the computer an example would be you know a bed or a clothing uh, on a 3d character like we mentioned and those those objects have to move um every frame and calculated um to collide with other the, the every, either the character or whatever else is any other 3d object you've got in in the uh, 3d environment and how they bend and stretch and respond to those bending forces as well as the friction on the body and, and as well as repelling forces so a lot of that it, simulation is so uh, computer intensive it takes a long time to you don't see it a lot. At least now you start, you're starting to see a lot more in real time where they've done a lot of optimizations on, on those calculations. But usually 70, 80% of the time is taken performing that simulation, uh, just handling collision. Yes, it's, it's actually one of the hardest things to do correctly in computer graphics. Uh, you know, it's, it's deceptively complex, really. And, um, but the class simulation has also been used to create uh, other cool things uh, that aren't you know that that we wouldn't naturally think are cloth objects uh, over the years, such as stuffed animals and pillows and balloons uh, are made out of cloth balls and uh, and a bunch of other things. But I I remember in the early and hair, days, hair and as hair well. as well. As a matter of fact, I used it to simulate uh, highly stylized hair for some of the some CG characters that I was working on at one time. And I've also used uh, cloth to simulate uh, water surfaces as well as plasma waves. Um, oh, fantastic! So yeah, there's other uses for cloth, and and uh, you know they're using cloth a lot today to to do uh, gore, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of oh, gore yeah. and, and, and uh, bodily destruction. Is, internal is, is, internal yeah, exactly, organs. Exactly. <laughs> well, going back to the history of, of, of cloth simulation, I didn't realize that the first cloth simulation was actually done by uh, two people at, at early Pixar in 1986. I have an example of that that I got from a great YouTube channel called The Ultimate History of the CGI, um, of CGI on, the, on YouTube. And this particular one, uh, <laughs> check this out. If you get, can you pin me and I can show this? This is you are uh, pinned. Go this for is it. pretty cool. It's called Flags and Waves, and I'll I'll go ahead and play this. And it's very short. It's about uh, twenty seconds, fourteen seconds, and that is a flag. Those are flags right there. That looks unbelievable. Look how quick that was over the background of an ocean that they just composited on top of. Uh, pretty. Uh, Gosh, looking at it now, and you think that's Pixar back then, you can see, I remember my early days in CGI, how terrible my stuff was um, to today. Um, the, the difference in today is, is, uh, is night and day. Well, I know before, before Klossum, we used to, uh, we actually used to um, 
use bend modifiers and wave wave deformers to to <laughs> simulate flags or space warps in 3D studio. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, not not any real simulation going on, but it but but on its own, it it it, it gave the you know it's you got the sense of it, but it, it definitely didn't look realistic. And I think that's that's probably one of the one of the things that has been the hardest thing to do in, in the world of class simulation is to there's a there's a a thin line between uh, realistic and and physically accurate. You know, uh, and in my view, you shouldn't simulate anything unless you absolutely have to. And you could, there are certain techniques you can use to to uh, to have your cloth look look right. Uh, you know, instead of being 100% accurate, because if it looks right, it is right. And it, to look right, it doesn't have to be 100% physically accurate. Are you still um, using um, cloth simulations in in, in your current um, job? Oh yeah, I, I use it for well. Right now, I'm actually doing a, a project where I'm using it to simulate um, bending metal. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, I'm doing a collapsing oil oil rig, and I'm using a cloth to do that. It, it's a pretty powerful tool. It, it can be used to do a, a lot of different types of of effects, um, not just not just uh, clothing. Yes, so, and I, I remember going back to my my early days in in CGI using um, 3D Studio Max. And using uh, that program to, um, gosh, was I? I was using a plugin uh, called Cloth Rays, and I believe it came out of Spain uh, back in the, those days. Was, there was a lot of plugins. Oh, there's still a ton of plugins for 3D Studio Max, but that was one of the ones that that allow you to do cloth pretty well. And I remember working at a place downtown San Diego, uh, and that particular um, place I was working did uh, commercials for. Uh, local TV stations, and one of the ones we had to do was a um, simulation of a bunch of, of uh, socks in a dryer. And I remember a hard, I mean, it really did flags really, really well, where you'd pin the top and, and bottom vertice, not to get too technical, but there's imagine a sheet in front of you, just a, a plane, a, a, a rectangle, and there's a flagpole, which is basically a cylinder. You would pin the top part of that sheet the top left corner and the top uh, bottom uh, left uh, corner. And then the rest would simulate this, this thing. You could add wind to it and everything else. But doing this, the socks in the dryer actually worked very, very well. And that was back in uh, the early nineties. So crazy. Yes. And class simulation has been around since, since kind of the the mid, mid eighties when, when CGI is really starting to, to take off and, it's it's gone through many iterations and has gone through several several great improvements. Uh, one of my you know first experiences actually seeing cloth in cinema was uh, during the Spawn film, um, where uh, I think that was in the early '90s. Uh, but uh, it looked here's 1997. A matter of fact, there you go. Okay, and and here's here's what his cape looked like. It didn't look realistic. It actually the the, the non-realism of it actually I think lent to the satanic. Uh, evil element or power that actually controlled the cape, and so here's what that looked like as he descends down to the ballroom and, and confronts uh, old uh, Martin Sheen here, who was the uh, antihero or the villain, I should say. The silkiness of that looks looks uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, the motion of it is pretty interesting as well. It's it, it doesn't move as if it doesn't. It, it's almost in a different. Uh, physical it's, it's different in a different physical space it, it looks like it, it's being affected by forces that that are internal uh, right it's like it's alive it's, it's exactly it's similar exactly. today I, I i would relate that to today's um dr strange's cape where it was actually it's on it's an actual it's alive oh that's so. a good point i i didn't think of that that's that's a good point exactly 
Yeah, so I, I thought uh, this, the the movie itself isn't that great, but the the, the t you know when I first saw his cape, I, that really kind of uh, that that made me um, really get interested in simulation and cloth and and, and effects in general. When I, I mean, when I see stuff like this, uh, and this is from a fan film, the same the same type of thing, but uh, his cape is is uh, is is pretty pretty similar to the one that was in this in the uh, actual movie. Yeah, it's it's like a it's it, it is definitely looks like it's alive. That's that's pretty cool. The pieces all flying off it like that. That that's actually on our channel, I think, too, isn't it? I uh, it could be. I think so. Yeah, actually. But before that, if you go back to even 1997, so that was 97. The the first advanced CGI clothing, and you saw it. And I believe ILM had a, a big portion of that spawn cape at that time, and it was. It, I know that that the budget for that film exploded because of all the VFX shots they were doing in that film. But uh, I don't think it, they had a proper ending for that. And, and you know, that was, I think it. that was the first um, film that had a, 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 a lead black actor. I think that was the first one. Oh, um, excellent. In, no at least if, if, if not, that was the first in, in, a, in a comic book film. Uh, but the Pixar's first use of that cloth simulation um, was in, and I, it was the same year, was uh, Jerry's Game. Uh, oh, I remember that. that. Yeah, that's that was a great the one. five minute short that was shown before A Bug's Life in all the theaters. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, they simulated uh, Jerry's suit jacket. Uh, I have that if you could pin that behind me. I'm just going to show just a little bit of, of that early simulation. They actually came up with a, a long term solution to, uh, uh, to actually, they wrote it specifically for this as like a simulator for that. So this is his. Uh, one of the first things you saw, and I was pretty impressed with seeing this at the time. Uh, yeah, seeing his jacket actually move instead of being just a stiff, you know, shell. Right. You notice that they don't animate, they're not animating the hair in this one. There's no, like, fluffy hair. It's not moving when he moves. I noticed yep. that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. But I think the, the jacket definitely uh, and shirt felt like real clothing. It's got the nice, it has really nice shaders. Uh, it, it, looks, it looks good for that, for that time frame. Actually looks good today, I think. Yes, and that's a good point that you bring up. You know, shaders. Uh, shaders are a really important part of actually making. You know, there's one thing. There's the motion, getting the correct cloth behavior and motion and folding and creasing. Uh, that that's a real challenge. But uh, you know, the basic cloth shapes are are um, are created in the modeling phase, and then the shaders team comes in, and that's where you actually get some a lot of the the finer details uh, of of a cloth. Just kind of kind of allows you to to uh look at the you get to see the fuzziness and it, it kind of it allows you to just use the shader to to uh create a texture the, basically the texture of the cloth and the materials that the cloth is made of say it's made of uh wool or something uh you know as we when we're, we're so used to looking at clothes we instinctively know how how light affects it and that's where the shaders come in is it, it actually comes in and breaks up the light off of the surface of, of whatever garment or, or cloth we're looking at, you know, you'd, you'd see scratches or you know maybe little tears or even fraying threads or or uh, piling or, or the, you know the fuzziness of a of a really uh, fuzzy sweater. Uh, you know, you, that that's that's all done in the shader. Well, uh, that's that's interesting. You say that there's also uh, today in today's uh, software, you also can see. Uh, in some of the garment package uh, software packages uh, to create garments for um, for the clothing industry as well as for uh, game the gaming industry and film, you have the actual simulation is creating those those as well. So you're seeing um, examples of that where you see the the folds actually in the areas where they would fold, like in the pelvis area around between the the leg where it connects to the pelvis, 
what, are, what are you showing? I want you to show what you're showing right now. You're, you're blowing me away. What is that? Well, this is a, this is a, a kind of an example of what you're talking about. This is one of the software programs that we'll, and we'll, we'll talk about software programs that this was created with in a little bit. But this is basically a, a class simulation program that's very popular. It's called Marvelous Designer. And it's a, basically a runway uh, model, a stock runway model, and you're, you, you create your clothing and you throw them on the models and you, you uh, th let them uh, walk, walk around with your, with your designs on them. And you, you, you know, assign the shaders and you assign the, you, you know, you design the garment itself uh, in Marvelous Designer. And, and this is the actual simulator running, so you can actually see what your garments look like. And you can see what you're talking about there with the ruffles and the sleeves and, and the, uh, the creasing in the, in the, in the top there. So. Uh, it's it, Marvel's Designer is a great, uh, great tool, and there's other great tools as well. Uh, but it's one of the more popular ones, and it's actually one of the ones that, that uh, one of the few that actual designers design their clothing and actually, you know, use this to kind of pre pre visualize their designs and, and actually show them to clients uh, as well. So uh, it's, it's and it's a pretty powerful program. It's very accurate. Uh, but I'll I'll say any any cloth simulation program is is challenging to use just because of the nature of cloth simulation. I mean, you have to take into account, you know, self-collision of the cloth. It collides with it, not just with the character that it's on and moves with the character, but it actually has to collide with itself to, to cause those wrinkles. And there's, you know, there are friction forces on the skin and, and gravity. And like you said, you know, wind forces and anything, anything else that's, that's going to be playing into the simulation. It really ch creates challenges to, to uh, a good simulation. Yes, I remember creating all the falloffs for when I was using a lot of the class simulation programs um, for particular clothing. You would actually have, you'd want the, the the clothing not to fall off of the the shoulders, and so you would you would pin or you would lock down certain vertices of that shirt onto the character so it wouldn't uh, move too much and it would actually flow correctly and the, on those friction points. Yeah, and here's a here's a couple examples of the cloth of a shirt being simulated that uh, in Marvel's designer as well. And we, you know, it's funny. Uh, we just expect the cloth to look right. It's not, it's not something that I, you know we we become very sophisticated viewers, and you know we, we would know it. And so all all the things that you see on TV are just done with with a, a lot of of, of uh, care and and. Uh, Pain in the ass, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I have actually have a, a quick shot of the Marvelous Designer as well, where you can see in real time, you can actually stitch to some of these uh, garments. You, you lay them out in, in, a, in a 2D pattern, just like you a normal person would do on a, on a, a workbench or a, um, in a design studio. And you do the same thing in the computer, and you just you stitch things together just like you would uh, normally uh, creating patterns and uh, where those stitches go and you cut, have cutouts and, and parts like that. And it reacts in real time, which is pretty impressive stuff. Uh, the, uh, I believe, uh, this one's a different program called Clo 3d. It's a, it's a, another software program that is competing with uh, marvelous designer and it has very, very similar things. I was looking at both of those. I remember hearing about Clo 3d a while back, but seems to me, and that's in real time. You can pick up the the garment in real time in the viewport. Once you've created these these pieces, you simulate it, and it actually full it actually goes and and conforms to the body. Uh, and you can pick pick it up and see how it drapes, and and you can in real time you can extend the shoulder if it needs to fall uh, further down the arm. It, it's pretty amazing how intuitive it is as well. 
I don't know if you've ever ch- had a chance to mess with it, Bill. It, it's, it's pretty pretty amazing what you can do on the computer with speed today compared to what you, the old Pixar flag that we saw back back there. It was so terrible looking, actually. Yeah, and the ability to texture it like that, just to move the textures around on the cloth material and have it have it stick. You know, that's a that's pretty pretty amazing. And all you put, you can add buttons and stitching, and uh, gosh, just all all zippers, all the things you could you would normally have in a normal garment. That that's that's pretty impressive. There's several other packages as well uh, that you can you can use to do those things with. Um, and like like you were saying earlier, it's a lot of this is in the industry, in the garment creation industry. Uh, but a lot of, I believe, um, Marvelous Designer is probably one of the programs that a lot of the characters or the people, the, the character creators in, in our departments have been using. Uh, it's, it seems like you can export very easily to some of the main file formats for gaming engines, uh, as well as uh, software packages like 3D Studio Max and Maya uh, and other packages as well. I've got, uh, let me, here's another, uh, here's another uh, video I've got of, of some additional creasing. I mean, this is really highly detailed work here. Uh, some really nice, nice work. I mean, it's, it's getting the, getting the, the physics right. And, and, you know, cloth simulation is, is the blending of state-of-the-art technology that's grounded in hard math and physics. And, you know, that's something that if you were a cloth, you were to be a cloth sim, you know, a simulator or an effects guy doing cloth, uh, cloth artist, you'd, you'd really have to know the physics of motion and you'd have to understand, you know, you'd have to understand uh, what goes into f- the physics, like, the, the, you know, forces and, and how they affect uh, cloth and, and how, how it actually should should fall and drape and, and things like that. I mean, it's 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 something that, that, that doesn't just, you know, it's not like you push the make cloth button and, and you're good to go. Um, I was going to show some, uh, yeah, I was going to show some um some examples of some gaming stuff, but this list I'm so mesmerized by what you're showing right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, those are super impressive. Um, I, I just can't, I just blows me away how, how, how advanced those simulations are today. Just looking at those. Uh, I, I know you can do in, in Maya, you can build your own patterns, blender, you can do your own patterns and, and, simulate it there but you don't have the same finesse and the same uh detail that you can get out of the the, the actual garment making packages because that's what they're exclusively made for so th- that's their strength and what's really awesome about those packages is you can export those to those different uh software packages like for example your fleet your free blender uh I, th- I well actually i think uh marvelous designer i mean that's pretty cheap it's only 39 dollars a month uh you could use that to to create those those garments and then export that back out either as a, uh, a cache, uh, where all the deformation of the, the model uh, or the clothing on the model is actually being done within marvelous designer. You can kick that out to Maya and bring it into that or even blender, which is nice. This is another package. Uh, let me show you another package that I, that I have. I believe this particular one is, um, Yes, this is uh, uh, Browsewares makes a, a program called V-Stitcher, and it's another software program that's competing with Marvelous Designer and Clo 3D. There's several other ones as well, but this particular one I was looking at, I've never even heard before. This is pretty cool. If you can look, this is actually an exported cache from that software program into Blender and rendered within Blender. So that looks really, really good, doesn't it? That's yeah, it, does. it looks like a he- heavier, heavier type of material, but yeah, it's not. It doesn't have the fluffy, fluffiness of, of some of the others. But that's just a settings change. You can, right. you can alter the settings. Yeah, I mean, you can do silk, burlap, um, all the different types of fabrics that you would have. Really, really heavy, very soft. 
I, I remember having the presets and cloth rays back in the day, and there was so many. You could do like very rubbery feeling, leather, uh, all those different types of, of cloth that you would have. Um, sweaters, for example. Um, I, I'm going to show you an example of some of the, the current stuff that, that you can do uh, that, uh, and courtesy of Two Minute Papers, which is another YouTube channel. I got I to do a shout out to that. That's a fantastic uh, YouTube channel for everything based, uh, everything CGI and everything uh, AI and all those um, technical things that are going on today in, in the CPU computer universe. Yes, you know, and it's something interesting that a lot of artists today have. They've got a they've got a real advantage over you know what we used to have, um, just because of the the amount of research and progress on cloth simulation algorithms that have been, as well as shading techniques that have been uh, kind of developed in the last few years and uh, and on other productions. You know, Ted uh, was a teddy bear, and that that really pushed the pushed the limit of cloth simulation, as well as uh, you know, Brave did did some some pretty nice. You know, they, they've all, you know, there's too many great, uh, uh, you know, uh, benchmark films that, that have actually pushed this, pushed the, the, the technology uh, for both the cloth simulation and, and the shaders themselves, uh, as well as uh, improvements in just the, the hardware uh, to be able to crunch on some of these simulations because they're pretty, some of them are pretty huge. I mean, if you have some really detailed cloth, you, you've, got a, you've got a lot of motion in the cloth, that's gonna, that's, that takes a lot of resources to calculate. It does. I just remember how long it used to take to do uh, just a simple dropping a, a, a flat plane over a ball. And I remember how you just had to let it run and run and run. It would calculate. There was no real time at that point until, you know, recently within the last 10 years, there's, you, you see so much uh, things going on in real time. This particular thing, I just wondered if you could pin me, this particular one has, uh, is like I said, is two minute papers. They put this out. Uh, and they're talking about some of the uh, a sweater with all of these fine tubes uh, that are that are yarn simulating each simulated yarn piece, and you can do it in real time. Uh, it, it pretty pretty impressive stuff that you can you can do once it's simulated. Um, they 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 always go over what's what's uh, happened over the last eight years in cloth simulation um, uh, advances. And so you can see some 59 hours in a previous method where you've got one that they're doing in one hour. You can see the difference, obviously, in, in the texture change there. But, um, you know, you wanted you to react. Actually, Go ahead. You actually see the cloth stretching. And that's, that's another, uh, that's one of the other physical uh, attributes to cloth is this stretch uh, that's really complicated to, to deal, deal with. I mean, it looks good when, when you're draping things, but if a character is moving and like this character here is moving and... and uh, things yep. are attached. I mean, cloth cloth needs to stretch with the with the body's motion, and that's that's not really uh, an easy thing for the computer to calculate. No, that that's what takes so long with the, with. That's why it's such a uh, a labor or a CPU intensive, and a lot a lot of them are out lo uh, uh, loading those to not only the CPU but the GPU uh, to to optimize that and speed things up. Uh, well, it's really fun, kind of funny. The more advanced, <laughs> and this happens not just in cloth simulation, but in all all of VFX and computer graphics more generally, is the more advanced, you know, say the cloth simulation gets, or the or the or the, the you know the requirements that you're you're doing, the more power that you need to to render each each shot or calculate and then render each shot, just because of all the data that's generated in in the simulation. Right, and the more you want to throw at it too to make it more and more accurate. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. An interesting fact is uh, uh, Monsters Inc. Uh, they uh, well, that, this is just an example of that where they 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 need more rendering power than the than Pixar's three previous feature films combined, <laughs> just because of all the complex hair and the and the uh, first simulation and uh, that, that was that was being performed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the 
the other thing is um, uh, today's today's um, software can also be done on your Android phone. There's so many things you can you can do or your or your iPhone. Here's an example of a, a, just a claw simulation that you can do on your on your Android Samsung. And this is a, a few years ago, and it actually has the ability to you can tear it. Um, so you're oh, actually, that's another thing we didn't talk about. Yes, tearing. And yeah, shredding. no examples of, of tearing, which was a, a, as was almost nearly impossible. It would just blow up when you're trying to simulate it. But uh, look at this. You can do this on your Android phone today. Just tear it. It's pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, phone, phones are, are just amazing. I, I will say though, uh, you know, there are you know being a tr being a CG artist myself and, and working with cloth extensively in the past. Uh, it's it's a pretty like I said it's a complex thing and it's getting simpler and simpler and you know what's really amazing is is uh, uh, you know there are some new cutting edge approaches uh, that are beginning to be used uh, in place of uh, the the physically dense uh, comp, comp you know computationally intensive uh, simulations that we're used to doing uh, we're using uh, GAN I, we, we talked about this not too long ago but using a generator, generative adversarial network. It's a kind of AI, and they call it GAN for short. But basically, it, the AI learns from captured uh, data, 3D data of real clothing and, and real people doing real things with, with clothes on. And it, it, it captures all that data and then applies you know fine wrinkles and folds from that reference data so it doesn't actually have to physically simulate it, which is a huge, huge advance in, in class simulation these days. Yes. Yes, I've seen a deep learning of that. Oh, uh, where they show showed that. a flag a of that. that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, let me, let me uh, go ahead and uh, show that if, uh, if that's okay. It was pretty pretty amazing the 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 difference of how long it took for that for the deep learning to 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 master it over how many iterations, and you couldn't really tell the difference between the AI version of the cloth simulation as well as the uh, from from the one that was actually doing uh, doing yeah, it. So Go ahead. I agree. I agree. And this is an example of, of you know, basic physically simulated cloth. And then on the right is the new simulation with the GANs, uh, uh, not the data added. That's pretty impressive stuff. So wow. you can definitely see the level of detail and the, the, just, just the realism. Yeah, um, the realism is, is amazing. Gosh, Those bend, the bending is just, uh, it, I mean, it's, I can't tell the difference between that and something that's real. It looks so real. Yeah, just to keep it from interpenetrating the model uh, is is a a huge that used uh, to be a huge challenge. that was a huge problem, and that's why I think using the, the programs like the Marvelous Designers, the Clo 3D, and those those type of programs, you're going to get a much better result than doing it within like using N cloth or those kind of things in Maya. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree, and it, you know I don't want to be uh, I don't want to forget to mention uh, Houdini. Uh, Houdini oh, yeah. has a just a fantastic cloth solver called Vellum. Uh, it just it just blows you know in my in my mind it blows well Maya's in cloth out of the water. And, Do you have any examples of that? I don't, unfortunately, oh. Sean. I don't. That was actually I had a they, they're using a lot for the blood and gore thing. I had actually had a clip that I wanted to show, but I, I can't see. That wasn't from the latest Hellboy. I hope. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Oh but uh, you know, it's 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 more along the lines of what we what we've seen recently in in uh, Stranger Things, where the the rats are exploding and the goops, the, uh. the, the flesh is crawling around. That that's all. That's a lot of that's done with with cloth simulations. Uh, well, yes, well, and so do you want to get to the? Uh... I was just going to say, yeah, the video of the month. Uh, we're kind of running out of time here, and yeah. I wanted to make sure we got to that. So. Yeah, the video of the month. Uh, this was a video of the month a couple months ago. We're a little behind on video of the month, but it's uh, called uh, Mosasaurus. 
And we're going to do a quick, uh, we're going to go ahead and show that. Um, it's a pretty short film. I think it's only about two minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to pin yourself. Okay, go pin myself. <laughs> so this is uh, Mosasaurus. It's a short film uh, about a chase between a small fish and a Mosasaurus in a Jurassic Times. Uh, this fish is, you know, slightly modeled, I think, on Dory uh, from uh, Finding Nemo. Especially in the eyes, you can see that. Uh, but uh, she's being pursued here by a Mosasaurus, and uh, let's see what happens. You know, I really like the uh, change of scenery in this uh, video. From you know, you see the lava trenches uh, to the blue. You got the hot and the blue contrast. It's really, it's really beautiful to look at. And the expressions uh, that the animation team was able to actually uh, get from the fish model is, is pretty impressive as well. And the rendering is, is, is pretty nice as well. You can see the particles in the water. Uh, it's pretty pretty effective. It, you know, kind of showing water, as well as there's some bubbles around the ear that you can see as well. And the simulations of the of the dust, that's really a nice, nice effect as well. Very heavy and silty looking. And so the uh, Mosasaurus has uh, finally lost uh, our little hero. He's successfully hidden in the skull of this uh, dead dinosaur. And uh, all ends well, it looks like. Yep, can't be found. Oh, safe little fish, great. And so the fish is uh, left to live happily ever after. Oh, no, not quite. Anyway. <laughs> Very clever ending here. Good job uh, from the Creative Seed students. Yeah, that was it. That's it. That was a great film. Yeah, so that's uh, that was done by uh, the Creative Seeds students. So that was a, a group called Creative Seeds. Thanks for sending that one in, and, and great job, guys. Yeah, that was I really that was really impressive. Well, we want to thank you again for being part of our podcast today. I think that's that's going to be it. Uh, we enjoyed being with you and answering Stacy's question: What is class simulation, and how is it used? Uh, we hope you learned something new and had a good time as we covered a lot of interesting information that uh, we hope you didn't know about before. And if you did enjoy it, share it around and hit the like button. It only takes a second and it greatly helps the channel. Uh, but more importantly than that, it helps uh, YouTube find uh, someone just like you who wants to stay up on the business, the art, and the craft of CGI animation. We also like to know what you think of our podcast, so please uh, do us a favor and shoot us a comment. Uh, we want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly because we're always looking to improve on uh, our podcast. Every week we bring you a brand new CG Insider uh, podcast, and we discuss different topics uh, that has anything to do with art, craft, and of course the business of CGI animation and, and digital VFX. We also discuss a plethora of other interesting and related subjects that come to our attention. If you've got a subject that you'd like us to cover, just let us know. You can do that by going to our website, at thecgbros.com, to the About Us Anything tab, uh, add like Stacy did and click it, and it's just as easy as that. So be sure to check out uh, some of the other great entertainment that the CG Bros channel has to offer as well. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, back here for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another very uh, interesting question. How are VFX for video games created? That's, that's interesting. We haven't done a, a whole lot of uh, episodes on video games specific, 
uh, CGI, but that, that's what we're going to start on next week. And that's in your wheelhouse. That's awesome. That, that, that is. So, so we'll see you here next week. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what are cloth simulations used for? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please give us a thumbs up. Be sure to leave a comment, too, because we might share it on a future podcast and mention you by name. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Learn more about us by going to our website, thecgbros.com, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, How are VFX for video games created? This has been episode 2152 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.